It's that time of the year. Your vacation is coming up. You can already hear the beach waves, feel the warm breeze, relax, and think about work. You really, really want it all to work out while you're away. Monday.com gives you and the team that peace of mind. When all work is on one platform and everyone's in sync, things just flow. Wherever you are, tap the banner to go to monday.com. Hi, this is Peter Saxon with another Radio Info podcast made with the help of the fantastic Rode Mixing Desk, Rode PodMic, and I'm wearing the fabulous Rode NTH100 headphones. Now, Nine Radio recently celebrated three years since it took over the reins of what was the Macquarie Radio Network. The predominantly talk network consisted of 2GB Sydney and 3AW Melbourne, both entrenched market leaders in their cities, as well as 4BC Brisbane and 6PR Perth. Nine also acquired a trio of music stations, 2UE in Sydney, Magic Melbourne and 4BH Brisbane, which they've since leased out to Ace Radio. So apart from those three music stations, how has the venerable Macquarie Network fared under new management from Nine? To tell us, on the phone with me is Nine Radio CEO Tom Malone. Tom, it's been three years since Nine took over Macquarie Radio, so I'd like to start by asking you a question for the ages. Yes. Does time really fly when you're having fun? <laughs> There's no doubt about that, Peter. Uh, when you're having fun and also when you're busy. Oh, but I think especially for the last three years, and this is probably no different to many other businesses and, and people's personal lives, those three years have been dominated by COVID. And so it feels like there's sort of this two and a half year gap in most people's lives where you go, wow, was that really that long ago? Um, because it's just moved so quickly because we've been in and out of lockdowns and managing and balancing all sorts of other things in our, in our business and in our lives. So, but it certainly, yes, it does feel like yesterday. Yeah, but my follow-up question is, have those three years really been fun? Yeah, I, I, yes, they have. I mean, I love radio. You know that radio is my first passion and I've been a talkback radio junkie since about the age of six or seven years of age. So to get the opportunity to come into this business, which is a really good business, um, and work about making it profitable uh, for, the, for now and sustainable for the future, and then personally, the opportunity to run a P&L for me has been extremely gratifying. So what energises and enthuses me uh, as much as the medium in radio is building teams of people and, and transforming businesses. And I think we've managed to do that over the last three years. And, and that's something that, you know, I derive a great sense of fun from. Now, you've had some difficult decisions. I mean, one of the things is they've changed up the lineup on your radio stations across Australia. Uh, you've overseen some very major changes. And I guess that uh, you'd probably agree that choosing talent, particularly for talk stations, is fraught with danger. You could either go up and be a huge success or go down. What have been the highlights for you in terms of talent in particular, but but any other thing that you've seen in the past three years? You're right. Um, there's been a lot of change and, you know, we've 
we've had to right size the cost base. We've had to um, you know, overhaul our programming strategy. But the overarching premise has been we wanted to build talk back for a new generation. So we want to retain our existing loyal and wonderful listeners, but also remove any barriers to other listeners coming on board and finding Talkback because Talkback is so relevant to people. Live and local, the latest news, sport, weather, information, entertainment. And that's really exciting. And then when I think about the highlights uh, of that, it's probably the breakfast shows. You know, when you think about Ben Fordham taking over 2GB Breakfast and doing an incredible job in the last two and a half years. Um, when you think about adding Russell Howcroft to Ross Stevenson in 3AW, and seeing that show evolve as well. When you think about um, Neil Breen, the job he initially did in Brisbane to re-establish local content and then adding Laurel, Gary and Mark in the last six months. And then in Perth, you know, Gareth Park has done a great job the last two years. Unfortunately, he's moving on to, a, to, a, to another job in nine, but the job that he's done there. So it's been really exciting working in that primetime space and evolving and creating new breakfast shows that have been really appealing to their local audiences. Now, some of those decisions, of course, almost fell into your lap, like, um, you know, the breakfast show Laurel, Gary and Mark, when 4KQ sort of folded into a talk station. Um, was that a difficult decision or, or, or was that just so obvious you had to do it on the spot? No, I don't, well, I don't think it fell into our lap. I think, you know, we, we didn't, we actually didn't move on that till quite late in the piece. And then, we thought, we looked at it through the prism of what's the best strategy for 4BC. And then when you start getting the inputs from uh, programming, from sales, from finance, from strategy, from local people, um, then you think, okay, well, this is an opportunity to strengthen drive by moving Neil Breen to drive, to strengthen breakfast, um, and to um, and establish 4BC as a, as a more significant player in the market. So it was there was risk, there's no doubt about that. Um, but I think so far it's been a success and, and we, we hope to continue that success in that market. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Now, how do you weigh the risk versus reward equation when it comes to somebody, say, like Alan Jones? It's a, it's a good question. I mean, it was really more of a question for our predecessors than for us when we took over the business, obviously. There was a there was a significant um, advertising issue that we were confronted with, which we had to deal with, and and we did our best to deal with that over the sort of the six months um, that we took over, and Alan was still broadcasting, and then I think Alan reached a point where he thought um, he wanted to to step back from radio and try other things, uh, which we respected as well, and we were happy that we could facilitate that transition for Alan, and 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 that he was supportive of Ben coming on into the breakfast show, so. Um, it was probably more of a uh, of a, a dilemma and a, and a question for our predecessors and for us. But, but like in anything, you, you, you're weighing up um, audience, you're weighing up revenue, you're weighing up brand, and and hopefully you can find a, a place where those things come together to to drive a successful outcome for the business. Now I know you well enough, Tom, to 
understand that you're a very practical person who always has a plan A and a plan B. So (laughs) when you drove down to the Southern Highlands to meet with Alan Jones in his country retreat and have a chat about his future with 2GB, no doubt you'd already planned to install Ben Fordham in the breakfast time slot if you couldn't come to an agreement with Alan Jones, right? But nonetheless, you left his house and got in the car where you'd be alone with your thoughts for the next hour and a half on the road back to Sydney. Did you have a sense that regardless of whether Jones had jumped or pushed or what it was pushed or whatever the perception would be, in the end, you're the one held responsible for letting him go? You know, did that play on your mind at all? on the drive back? Sure. I mean, it's, I suppose, not just the drive back, but, um, you know, I think it's something that was, you know, in the weeks, you know, after that around what does this mean for our business and how do we go about ensuring a smooth transition from Alan to Ben and um, and respecting uh, Alan and all the amazing work that he had done to drive value for our business, respecting our audience, our listeners, who feel a great sense of ownership of the station. Um, and then also giving Ben every opportunity to succeed in that slot. Um, yeah, there are, they are significant moments in time um, in the radio landscape. And we've seen that with other changes as well of broadcasts between stations. Um, but I think ultimately it comes back to what is the strategy for the business. And you've got to, um, if you, if you're, if you believe in that strategy, you've got to remain consistent to it. Um, and so, um, and, and that's how, I suppose, um, we came to um, install Ben in the breakfast program. And, uh, and he took a, you know, a risk as well in doing that. And uh, I think he's done an incredible job. And somebody said that um, it was, for Ben, it was like lacing up um, or padding up to come in after Bradman to bat. So when he hit the first ball for a six, figuratively speaking, after four or five months of no survey, and that 17.3 result came in, how did you feel? I felt a great sense of relief and a great sense of happiness for Ben because, you know, he at the end of the day, you know, in management, we can make decisions but it's the people on the front line that wear the scrutiny and and the brunt of it and uh, of the pressure. And Ben and his team did a remarkable job during that period uh, of COVID and no ratings and scrutiny. And there were people certainly waiting with baseball bats to have a crack at him if he didn't succeed. You know, and so not only in that first survey, but in the two and a half years since, he, he's doing a wonderful job for 2GB and for our business. And, uh, and I'm really proud of the job that he's done and his team have done and very happy for him and his team as well. Let me ask you this out of the blue. Um, if Kyle and Jackie O, for some reason, couldn't settle their issues with management over at ARN, would you welcome them to 2GB? Uh, I, I think they are. They're terrific broadcasters. I'm not sure if their style suits 2GB. I think people go to different stations for different formats and different tones. And so um, uh, while uh, they are very successful at KISS, uh, I'm not sure in the current format that you'd put them on 2GB. Okay. So you've had a very successful first three years. Let's not uh, kid kid ourselves. Uh, You're probably not kidding yourself. Um, But (laughs) people might wait. 
What's the outlook for the next three years? Yeah, I think one of the things, the thing I'm most proud of, uh, Peter, is the last three years with the team we've built, you know, we took 20% of the cost base out, so we right-sized the business. Um, we've built that talk back for a new generation. When you look at the other people on air, like Deborah Knight and Sophie Formica and uh, in Melbourne, Dede Dunleavy, and then in Perth, new lineups as well. Um, and then off from a profitability point of view, because it's fine that we've talked a lot about audience and about, um, and about broadcasters, but at the end of the day, you've got to deliver a return to the business and a return, therefore, to shareholders. And so, you know, we are back on parity with uh, half-year results when we took over the business, and the market is still off eight points. So, you know, in, with the, when the market does recover more fully, that just drops to the bottom line. So that's, I think, what I'm most proud of. And then I think leadership as well is about managing for now but planning for the future. And then for us, that's about making sure that we're balancing and managing the transition of audience and revenue from linear to digital. And so when I think about the future, I think it's really exciting for talk radio because if you still want the latest new sport, whether information entertainment in a streaming environment, you still go to the 2GB app or the 3AW app. Um, and we've seen that. We've got one and a half million monthly listeners listening to us through a connected device, you know, 10 million stream starts every month. So, it's a very um, resilient medium and talk is a very resilient and successful format that I think uh, will continue to enjoy uh, strong audience and therefore strong revenue into the future. And as we go into that digital future, it's then having that direct relationship with our listener from both the content and from a revenue point of view. And that becomes therefore a really powerful proposition for us as a business to be able to connect with that listener individually and also um, um, create commercial opportunities um, for our customers around those listeners as well. Tom Malone, as always, thank you very much for your time and your candid comments. Peter, thanks for your interest and thanks for always championing the radio industry. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. 